Hey, Merry Christmas, brother. Merry Christmas, brother. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 16 of Match Wits. I'm your host, Steve, alongside my younger brother, Chris. That would be me. Match Wits is a nostalgia-infused, um, typically the nostalgia pop culture. Chris is typically the pop culture podcast. We talk about a whole ton of different topics. We start on one thing, we finish on another. It's total stream of consciousness. It's uh, and sometimes organized. Um, typically in these podcasts, if Chris and I disagree on stuff, which we haven't in a while, we'll do what's called the Dimwit Challenge uh, for season seven. And actually, overall for the podcast, I am six dollars in the hole to Chris. Yeah, that means Chris has been right six times more than I've been wrong, which only means Chris has agreed to bet six times when he's absolutely positively known he's right. Okay, and you only bet when it's so random that there's no possible way I can know it, and you're making an educated guess. So I'm hedged my bets. The smart gambler. That, you, uh, yeah, I'm get, a, get a drink. On, get a drink on air, Steve. Good idea. It's <laughs> <laughs> vit- vitamin water. But what I was going to do is say, this is our Halloween. This is our Halloween. This is our yeah. Christmas episode. Our holiday episode. It's like our Christmas party. This is uh, we're we're doing this on uh, Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. uh, late in the evening, Christmas time, right before Santa comes, and it's right after dinner in here in uh, on the West Coast where I live. So, anyways, I'm gonna pour myself a little bit of Lagavulin uh, bourbon ah. that tastes like a campfire. So it's literally sucking on a camp log, like a, right. a log from a fire. I, I was all about it the one time my buddy Benny bought it for me for my birthday because that's all Ron Swanson talked about. It was right before Parks and Rec went off the air and we were all and we got it. And I remember the first time he just, we both took a big hearty slug and we looked at each other and he goes, ooh, that's smoky. <laughs> yep. yeah. It's an, it's an Islay single malt 16 year and I've had this bottle probably for a year and a half because you can only really drink like a little bit of it because it does. It's it's like somebody dumped it into a campfire, scooped up the ashes, sieved it out, and put it into a bottle. That's scotch, right? It's it is, not bur- yes. It's not bourbon. Yeah, no, give no, me it's, a, it's, a, give me it's an Islay scotch. I need a little bit of a little bit of sweetness to my to my whiskey. Clyde Mays makes a really good Alabama whiskey, which is what I drank a lot of on Saturday. For your Christmas thing. Yep. My Christmas, I'm not going to argue with anybody, so I'm going to drink as much as I can and fall asleep as early as possible. Yeah, it worked out well. Hey, whatever you know, whatever gets you through. The holidays are a fun time. What I thought we would do is spend a little bit of time here at the beginning, like we do every podcast, and talk a little bit of some about our kind of our Christmas history together. Um, for you, for those of you that are a first time listener to Match Wits, Chris and I are separated by about or by exactly uh, seven years. Um, I'm seven years older than Chris, so we we had different life experiences um, growing up. Um, particularly, I was kind of the the berry to his Adam Goldberg. <laughs> um, At least you accepted that, Steve. Uh, yeah. <laughs> At least uh, you finally accepted your berry. I would say in appearance, I I, I ran much better than Barry Goldberg runs, and, and sure. but there's things we we have certainly have in common. Sure. Um, so one of the things I wanted to talk about, and, I, and, and again, with the seven-year difference between us, I probably relate a little bit more to some of this stuff than you do, but I was kind of curious to hear your perspective, right? So um, Christmas traditions, particularly growing up in Erie, Pennsylvania, with Polish 
Christmas traditions, right? So I remember some of my earliest Christmas memories are with our our our, our Polish family, right? So, sure. and again, with that seven year difference, a lot of them, you know, our grandparents passed away when I was twelve, so you would have been five. Yeah. And a lot of those older Polish people, uh, you know, we kind of drifted away from that family, or at least you know we didn't go to the 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 Christmas every time we were end up going to Kaniat, which I want to talk about the whole Kaniat Christmas experience. It just wasn't uh, as big. Like dad's side of the family just is and his like mom's side of the family is just large like she's one of right. what five six five and like, yeah they each have at least two or three kids you know what i mean like it's just a bigger family dad was an only child like yeah it's just it's just the way it was so once busha and, and grandpa cooler died which was they were very close to each other weren't they no oh, yeah the same summer that's what I thought. Like, yeah, yeah. One went in July, one went in August. Yeah. 84, yeah. So, like, I've, I only have vague recollections of Boucher, really. Like, yeah. just kind of snippets. The same with Uncle Charlie, man. Like, I don't really remember him all that much, but I remember his tattoos on his forearm and <laughs> sit, sitting in that chair smoking his cigarettes on whatever, 13th and Ash or whatever. That, it's and, and smoking cigars, yeah, yeah. Smoking cigars. Like, that's vague recollections, but that's it. I mean, that's five, six, when I was five or six years old. So, like, my entire childhood that I have still have cognitive memories of is all Kanye. Yep. So... And we come from, a, like, a lot of people don't realize, like, especially when they meet me now. I, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I'm not particularly Catholic anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, no, not at all. And... So when you talk about, like, I, I remember mentioning the the idea of St. Nick's. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, you mean, like, Christmas? And I was like, no, like, December 8th, you left your shoe out and you got fucking... You got candy and stuff stuffed in your shoe because of some kind of weird, archaic Catholic tradition that nobody that I even know that even went to church really did. Do you remember that, Steve? Oh, yeah. It was December 6th, but yes. Whatever. Whatever. That's like, okay. You're going to dock me over two days. <laughs> at, least I, at least I remember the vague concept. No, you put on. out your boot. You're supposed to put yeah. out your boot, and you got somebody, you know, and there's, there's a whole backstory to it, and it yeah. was like before. It, it wasn't stocking stuff. Like, it wasn't candy and stuff. It's stuff you needed. It was a new toothbrush. It was, it was, you know, that kind of stuff. It was more pragmatic. It was almost like what, what I only could imagine what people describe usually as Hanukkah gifts. I was like, here's right. stuff you here's stuff you need, not superfluous, unnecessary things. Right, completely necessary. Right. So growing up, and again, these are some of the memories I have that, and and, and I'm, uh, you know, there's a part of me that like I really try to instill, even though I don't live anywhere near Western Pennsylvania anymore, um, you know, out here on the West Coast. There's still some of the traditions that that, I, that we grew up with, that I grew up with, particularly around our, our Polish family, which I, I really hold dear to my heart, right? And, and some of those things, just because they're a bunch, they're a cast of characters. They had a lot of grit, you know. They, there was just there was there was something I related to with with our dad's family, sure. uh, and part of it there's some of these Christmas tradition, uh, traditions, right? So I don't know if you remember this, but I remember going to mass in Polish, like going to church was hard enough when you could understand the words as a kid right so again this is me wait was seven, it polish eight. or was it latin no 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 at when we would go Saint? to saint stan's they, we, they, they would do some in latin that we went to latin mass before but no there would be they would do a mass in polish and they would sing polish christmas carols I, I like that I'm arguing that it might be Latin. Like, even that to some people sounds absolutely <laughs> crazy. Like, wait, you went to Mass in the original Latin that it was written in? Like, yeah. 
and we went to Polish masses too, like where they did it in Polish. I remember one time that, yeah, that we, like, we missed Holy Rosary Mass. Mom was hell-bent on us going to Mass. And we went to, like, Holy Trinity or whatever, whatever the one was down, not on Wayne Street, but what's the, what was the one, like, right, Saint, whatever Saint, Street Wilson was on, right? So if you went down, there was a church down. It might have been Holy Trinity. St. John's. No, no, it was down, it was down, like, on 21st or 22nd Street. Anyways, uh-huh. we went to that church, and I remember walking in, and all of a sudden, and Mom didn't realize it, and, like, we're, like two minutes into the mass and it's completely in Latin. <laughs> and we were like, I remember being like a preteen at the time. And I'm like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Not only do we have to go to mass. Like, I don't even, rec- I don't even know what they're saying. Like yeah. I can't even follow along. It was, it was rough. But anyways, so I remember going, that was part of the tradition. St. Stan's. It was just our, the, where our family lived in Erie. There was, it was basically the Polish community, right? Everybody yeah. on the block on 13th street was Polish. The church was Polish. The bar that the Slaters that Arlene Slater's dad owned was the Trubinsky or Trubisky's. That that was the Polish bar. Like that was yeah. that was it. And then we had the Polish Falcons, and you went there and you went to mass, and it was in Polish. But one of the other things that I remember, and we and we've done this with the kids a couple of times. I don't know if you remember this was the Opłatek. Yeah. So. Uh, for those who don't know in our Polish, Opłatek, or, and this is not unique to Poland, but it started in Poland. It was like Central uh, Eastern European, was you basically had what was similar to a, 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 a wafer from church, like a host from church. It was this tasteless. It's like a rice cake. Uh, it, not even. Like, it was paper that was a little <sighs> bit thick. <laughs> and and it was like, but you would take it. But the, but the tradition was cool because what happened is uh, they would do this on Christmas Eve. And a couple of things about Christmas Eve from a, a Polish tradition perspective. You didn't eat until the first star was visible, right? So now yeah. now living out here in Seattle, like the first star was visible today at like 510. Like, but I'm, I'm sure growing up in back in Erie, it wouldn't be visible till you know, a little bit later in the evening. Uh, but you didn't eat till the first star was visible. You didn't eat red meat. You would typically eat carp, <laughs> which like of the list of appetizing fish – I don't think carp is carp's not on the list anywhere, and and part of the reason why you didn't eat red meat was they it was to give reverence to the 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 animals that were there when Jesus was born, the ones that were there with the wise men in the manger the whole nine yards. I had to look that up today. I was like, why did we like why was this propensity to fish on on Christmas Eve? But before you sat down to your meal of carp, you took this opatek, and the the (laughs) oldest person in the family had the full piece, and then they would break off a piece. This was the part of the tradition I really liked. They would break off a piece, and you went around the table and went around the room, and we typically did this before we sat down, and you would you kind of break off a piece, and you would exchange pleasantries with your with your family and friends until everybody had a piece, kind of symbolizing the unity of, of family, and which is one of the things I really kind of related to with Polish, with, with our Polish family. Sure. So we, we, we did that with the kids a couple of times. They looked at us like we were crazy because a we don't go to we don't go to church. So they're like, "What is this? I'm eating." It's like it it looks like a piece of paper. It's got what? something embossed on it. But but anyways, um, no, that was see, a fun. I don't, I don't really remember doing that. But like even though, dude, those those traditions sound crazy. Someone someone said it asked what Brody what Christmas was, and he's like, it's when I get presents. And someone said, and it was just they meant it. They said Jesus's birthday, and Brody just goes, "Who's Jesus?" And I went, "Oh," <laughs> and I just kind of looked at this person, and like they they looked like I had failed as a parent. And I was like, well, 
I know he's four. I'm not forcing <laughs> it on him yet. Like if he wants to go down that path when he's old enough to make that decision, yeah. sure. But we just kind of do our own traditions. Like it, it's weird because I don't remember those. I just remember the ones in Conant. Yep. I was too I was too young to remember the really hardcore Polish stuff. I remember St. Stan's. I love the architecture of the interior of that. Yeah, and Father uh, McCormick would come out of that little like yeah. he would go up into that balcony and do the the, the, the homily. Like, you want to talk about a, a dude that's so perfect for a movie that he's like a supporting character about the fast talking, tiny little old old school Roman Irish, Catholic yeah, priest. Yeah. yeah, Roman Catholic priest. Like for people that don't know who we're talking about, Father McCormick was Jim McCormick. Sounds right. Yeah, yeah. I think we called him Black Mac, but he was this little old. Super Polish slash Italian or whatever Irish. No, he's Irish. He oh, was, yeah. But but, so he, like, but he was the he was the pastor of Saint Stan's in Erie, which was the Polish parish, right? Which was funny. And he was notorious for his what was the it was it seventeen minutes? Like if all it, he oh yeah, it, it was like a Sunday. It. it was a Sunday night, five o'clock mass, and he'd be like in and out, in and out, in twenty no, minutes, no singing. No, no, nothing. It was all just, you knew you had to go to church. He wasn't going to try to hold you up. He was just like, all right, this is, we're going to fulfill our obligations and I'm going to get you out of here as fast as possible. But he was the tiniest human being I remember <laughs> ever seeing. He was like five foot tall, 85, 90 pounds total, but he spoke so rapidly and mm-hmm. he was so smart and well-spoken and kind of crass and a little bit. A little bit sarcastic. He was awesome. And he, he, was and he got people a, to come to Mass. Like, yeah, he did. More than you can say to a lot of priests. So uh, yeah. it, was, it was awesome. So going back to your thing about Brody, too, and get a little bit of a tangent. So I think <laughs> it, and so we went to Janine's uncle, Daniel, is a um, Franciscan monk. And, can't, and he was at a monastery outside of Kansas City. And we went there for his, I want to say it was like 50th year being ordained. Um, so Janine's whole family's there. We're staying in the monastery, right? So we're staying in these like dorm rooms, kind of like St. Mark's in Erie, right? The monastery. And we're staying there. And Maya is probably Brody's age, right? She's probably four or five when we did this. <laughs> and there's a crucifix on every wall in every room. And she's Jeez. like, she's like, who's that? <laughs> and we're like, oh, that's Jesus Christ. And she's like, Chucky Jesus? <laughs> It's like, yeah. oh, maybe we should have talked a little bit more. Yeah, like, maybe. Chucky, Chucky, yeah. Chucky like Jesus? Four or five, man. Like, I can't can't force. Like, it's, he's not even kindergarten yet. Like, I don't right. really. I remember going to church and shit like that, but like, I didn't remember any of that stuff until I got older. But I'm not so, forcing it. I We resent yeah. it now, man. Like, neither of oh. us are practicing no. christians or no Catholics. and we went to we went to a we went to a thing last weekend um janine's one like really close friend that she met since she moved out here they were moving her and her family are moving to her husband got a job at amazon is moving to chicago uh, but they stayed because her daughter was like the lead in this christmas play at the church they're very religious they go to this church so we went to this church to do this very religious take it was a spoof of back to the future nice it was called back to the manger and it was time travel through the ages with song and dance it was really cool but it was the first time like we as a family have been into like a catholic church or christian (laughs) church it wasn't catholic it was christian church in a long time and charlie looked at the 
the flyer and it said in the in the Back to the Future font it said Back to the Manager and he's like what's Back to the Manager? <laughs> <laughs> Take this food Back to the Manager, get it out of my face. I was like, that's Manger. He's like, what's a Manger? I was like, oh boy. Anyways. Yeah. Um, there is a Polish tradition that we didn't do growing up that we still do as our family. Because I want, again, I wanted to instill some of this. Like, I don't want this to be lost just to the fact that we don't live on 13th and Ash sure. uh, or on 26th and Wayne Street in the Polish neighborhood anymore. I want the kids to kind of relate to that a little bit. Sure. Um, so there's a tradition, a Polish tradition called uh, the, the Polish pickle, right? So there's an. <laughs> Sorry. This, this is a real thing. A lot, lot of dirty a, jokes I could have yeah, put right there. there is. But I, I didn't. I just chuckled this. to myself like a child. <laughs> so <laughs> there is an ornament that looks like a dill pickle. It's called the Polish pickle. And mm. you hide it. One of the adults will hide it the night before. People <laughs> hide the pickle. <laughs> it's not. You put it on the tree the oh. night before. And whoever finds it gets an extra gift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, we still do the, the Polish pickle. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't segue off the Polish pickle now. No. Uh, but so we, we would go, and you probably don't remember this, but we would go because our family. <laughs> playing, playing hide the Polish pickle uh, now. I'm I don't moving, remember. I'm, I'm <laughs> moving past the pickle, the dill hole. Okay. That's a dill joke. Um so we would go, and again, you were way young when we did this, but when our grandparents, when our Polish grandparents were still alive, we would go spend part of Christmas Eve with them, with our busha. We would do dinner and everything, and then we would drive the, what is it, 40 minutes from Erie to Conneaut, Ohio, where our mom's parents lived, and we would go there typically. <coughs> and a couple of years, like we started out doing it first thing in the morning. Like we would do... Uh, our Polish relatives on Christmas Eve, we would spend the night at our house, and then we would drive to Conneaut on Christmas morning. So the first year in our our house that mom and dad bought on Wayne Street, you uh, you weren't even born yet, but the first year in that house, our grandma and grandfather from Conneaut came to Erie and stayed with us. Like, mm-hmm. Can you imagine Florence and Harold mm-hmm. stayed with us in Wayne Street? And what happened? I was conceived? No. 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 Their house burnt down. Who's did? Florence and Harold's? I don't remember that. I I wasn't born. Right. So they came right after. So this would have been 1977, 78. They came to stay with us on Christmas Eve so they could wake up in our brand new house, (laughs) the the sprawling campus of 2626 Wayne Street. And we get a phone call that morning, and they're like, uh, your house is on fire? So that was, that was a very memorable Christmas in the fact that it was the last time that they came to Erie's <laughs> Christmas. And from that point forward, we went to Connie after they rebuilt the house, right? So I say burnt down. It didn't burn to the ground. No. It was a fire. Was fire right. started in the basement. It gutted the house. Tons of smoke and water damage. Took them a long time to rebuild. It lost a lot of our, a lot of, like a lot of stuff they had in the basement, like photographs and stuff like that, were all were all lost. But the the house was not totaled. They rebuilt it. It was fine. And that's where Chris and I spent almost every Christmas from that point forward. So we would do when our Polish relatives were alive. We we did that on Christmas Eve, and then we would go, and then we started going on Christmas Eve. So I don't know if you remember this one, but. 
So again, it's like a 40-minute drive from Erie to Conneaut, Ohio. Like you just go across the border, I-90. It's, it's, not, it's maybe not even that, maybe 30 minutes. Yeah. So uh, one of the first years that we did that, we went, we did, and we were going to go late. But mom and dad, because we had like we had the Jesse Pinkman Toyota Tercel station wagon, right? Like yeah. he, had the, he had the red one. We had a blue one. It was like an 84 Tercel station the wagon. The tank. Yeah. So, but you couldn't fit stuff in it like it was it was a sure you could (laughs) well but you couldn't fit everybody's christmas presents in it so mom had uh, why they had done all the christmas shopping they had taken all the christmas presents to conniot right so we do yeah we do we do everything and then we're like we're just going to go christmas eve we're going to wake up christmas morning in conniot which we did a bunch of times i think this was one of the first times we did Except what is known to happen in in this part of the country in Erie is lake effect snow. <laughs> so we went from the time we had dinner to the time we got on the road. It's a whiteout blizzard. I don't know if you remember this. Like, and we're in that little car, the five of us driving to Connie. Like, mom and dad have no options. It's not like, hey, we'll go tomorrow after the snow. It's like yeah. if we go tomorrow, the kids wake up with nothing. <laughs> so, so, and that car had four wheel drive, right? Even though yeah. it was a, a Toyota, it had four wheel drive. So we don't. I ninety is shut down. Sure, right? you can't even get on the highway. We had to take Route twenty. Yeah. The entire way. I think it took us, and we weren't the only ones. Like Gene and Pat, our aunt and uncle, and our cousins, Patrick and Allison, were in the car in front of us, and we caravaned what would take you thirty minutes, forty minutes tops. I think it took us three hours. Sure. Because it was a whiteout blizzard. Yeah. It's hard. But mom, and, hard. mom and dad and, and Gene and Pat, everybody would have been screwed because all the presents were sitting there in Conneaut. Yeah. Yeah. But that's one of the things that people that didn't grow up in that part of part of the country or in the snow belt in general don't understand what lake effect snow really looks like and or what we you deal with on a regular basis from there. I know we've discussed this at great length on the podcast but before. I but there was one time I came home from winter break from college and we got a hundred and twenty eight inches of snow in seventy two hours. We got ten <laughs> ten feet of snow in three days. It just didn't stop. It was like day after tomorrow where you're just like, okay, it's gotta stop by the time I wake up tomorrow morning and you wake up and it's like another foot of snow and you're like, holy crap, we're doomed. And then you wait. You know, 48 hours after it stops, it warms up a little bit. And then you go out, you shovel yourself out, and you go about your business. So, yeah, like, driving in those kind of conditions doesn't sound out of the question. And that four, that, that Toyota that we had was a tank. It didn't have power it, steering. It didn't it, have it, power brakes, but it had four. It was a four by four, if I'm not if I'm not correct. No, yeah, it had that. You click the button and you could put it in uh, like all-wheel drive. It was yeah. one of the early all-wheel drive station and, wagons. And it was heavy as hell. And then you pack all of us into it with all of our stuff. And like, yeah, like it's just it, that's what it did. And Toyotas could go through that weather. And Dad was good at it. So I yeah, still it took us three hours. Like it, it, cars were like sliding off the road into the ditch. Like it was a bad scene. There, there was no reason we needed to be on the no. road other than the fact that like mom and dad were like, well, yeah, we're we, we either get there <laughs> or we stay here and the kids have no presents. So yeah. what do we do? 
So they, yeah. they, they toughed it out. So They toughed it out. But I, one of my fondest memories of that car is I remember going to Punderson the one time, and we had way too much oh, stuff. And, and I remember Mom's looking at all the stuff, and she just goes, Ken, there's no way that's going to fit. And he was like, oh, I'll make it fit. And he just had, like, twine that he was interweaving on, like, the, the luggage rack on the top. And I remember I was like, this isn't going to work. And we pulled off of Wayne Street, took a corner, and one of those big box fan came loose and swung down the <laughs> smacked against the window and i swear it was like a, a moment in the sitcom where all three of us ducked to the other side and like screamed at the top of our lungs and like dad like swerved over off into the side had to rebind it with some more twine because yeah. it had a luggage rack right yeah. so it was like yeah. there was dad, no room in the back i remember but it had fishing fishing this heavy duty twine in between the spokes of tires or the spokes of wheels and of our bikes and all oh, sorts of other awful. stuff like yeah. it was it was the beverly hillbillies going oh, we got it there state park in ohio we got it there so so we spent a lot of time a lot of our christmas like a lot of my christmas memories are of caveat right oh, of going sure. to to and we talked about this on the the Thanksgiving podcast episode fourteen, where we would show up there and then we'd go down to the basement and the adults would stay upstairs. Um, so I, a lot of my memories are particularly when we started going on Christmas Eve and we would wake up Christmas morning. Our cousins would be there mm-hmm. at a minimum. The Christies, like our, our our cousins that lived in Erie as well, but it, it, you know sometimes it would be like the whole family were there and we would all be upstairs because they would all the presents were downstairs. The Christmas tree was downstairs. And I remember one year, I think this was like, I was right at the cusp where I was like, this is my last real Christmas. And I wanted a drum set so bad. Like, like, and I couldn't sleep. I was like, and I remember like taking, like, they're like, you cannot get up before 7 a.m. Like, you're not, a, or maybe it was 6.30, whatever, whatever. The, there was a time limit. Like, was we, were not allowed to, we were not allowed to leave the room. Before a certain time, like they, we used to leave a patrol, they used to leave a patrol in that hallway. Just to, to, anybody would open the door to come out. Like, nope, close it. You just come back. It would be like Uncle right. Pat or somebody that yeah, we yeah. were all generally re- either respectful or fearful of. They would just nope, shut that door, and you'd have to go lay back down, and they would shut it. And parents would so get the stuff down there and needed their coffee. Those our, our yep. parents tore it like Christmas Eve. Our parents stayed up late, tore it up. Like I'm, I'm now convinced that's why. Like every morning, everyone looks so rough at six thirty in the morning because they drank. Yeah, they were playing pinochle and hitting Mm -hmm. the Canadian mist. Yeah, Yeah. or Canadian club with the wink as a mixer. Um, But anyway, so I remember that one year, like, like I would, I changed the clocks. Like you can't get up before six thirty, so I went around and I changed all the clocks. (laughs) And it was like three o'clock in the morning. Like, what are you doing? I was like, look, it's six. It was like, no, you changed the (laughs) clock. Go back to bed. So. It was that, and I, I want to say I, I might have been like thirteen. Like I was like Charlie. Like again, it was like last real Christmas, and I wanted a drum set so bad. And we were in Conneaut, and and all the cousins were there. Like it was a sea of presents. It looked like let's make a deal, right? Yeah. Like it was under so many t- boxes under that tiny little porcelain or ceramic tree that was up on the stand. Yeah, it was like the tree was like a two foot tree on an end table, and yeah. they're like, hey, we just put everything under it. And it filled. It was like, again, it was a sea of presents. Because you think it was like presents for like 15 people. Yeah. Like everybody brought it in and, and did all that. And so that particular Christmas, I'm up and I'm like, and there's this box. There's this big box. I was like, it's the only box big enough to be a drum set. 
and or anything. And it was like a big box, but it had somebody else's name on it. Like it had, Steve, it was mine. It, it had my name on oh, it. Oh, was it your name? Mom and Dad enlisted me in it. They even said, hey, Chris, this big box is for your brother. We just have to put your name on it. I was like six, six or seven. You always laugh at me for being a laid back dude. And I remember I went, oh, okay. Like nothing like, oh, what do I get out of this? Like that. It was just like, okay. They're like, just yeah. it, that's not going to be for you. We got you this other, you know what I mean? Like you're going to get plenty of stuff. But this is a drum set that Steve wanted. And if we put his name on it, he's going to know. So they put, that was my name. I was six years old and they listed it a con. So yeah, yeah. You, you knew. You so we get through set. all the gifts, like all the cousins were ripping through. Like there's presents everywhere. It's like a good 45 minutes opening presents. And like it was stuff. And there's this box in there. And I'm like. I'm totally depressed. Like I got like a sweater. And I got some maybe some Buster Browns. Or, like I don't know what I got, but I didn't get I didn't get anything that related to the percussive arts. Nothing. <laughs> and then mom comes over and she's like, "Oh, this is yours," and puts it down in front of me and takes your name tag off, puts mine mm. on it, and I open it up and it's like a Ludwig snare drum, and I was like ecstatic. Like it wasn't a full drum set, but it was a snare drum. It was good enough. Was it and, a snare uh, drum, a hi hat, and a? Bass? It was just a snare. It was just a snare drum. Yep. Hmm. I, thought, I thought there was a. I thought there was at least a hi hat that went with it, but whatever. I was six. There, there <laughs> might. There might have been, but uh, it was completely. It wasn't a full drum kit because the drum kit that I bought and I still have that I bought with all the savings bonds that Uncle Leonard got me. I, I, yep, I still have it sitting up in my garage here. Yeah. Um, I haven't played it in a while, but it's all put together. It's still there. It's the one I've, I've used it. Every band I've ever played in, it's the only one <laughs> set I've ever. Well, I, I have a couple others, but that was my go-to. Still have it. Sure. Well, and Steve, that's one of the things that people always laugh about my musical knowledge. They're like, why do you know so much about drummers? Like, like how do you like? Why do you have such an affinity towards Neil Peart? <laughs> I'm like, well, that's my brother. My brother was a big drummer, and like, so one of the we played Trivial Pursuit tonight, which is like becoming a tradition that we do, and I have. Haven't lost in, I think, three years, four years, any kind of family functions that we get together for Trivia Pursuit. And one of the questions was, this guy wrote, bring in the noise, bring in the funk. And I was like, oh, that's Savion Glover. And they just looked at me like, why do you know that? And I was like, because I like drum stuff. And they're like, I like <laughs> stuff with beats. And they're like, why do you like drum? And I was like, my brother was into drumming and always played different kind of stuff around me. So I always appreciated things with good, hearty rhythms and they're like, why do you know who Savion Glover is? And I'm like, because I do. But I mean, a lot <laughs> of that is because, I mean, Steve, you're 13 learning about music and I'm just catching the overflow. Like I, I remember when we shared a room of, of you always playing Pink Floyd's Comfortably Numb when we were going to sleep. And like I used to call it the sleep CD. So the first time I got to college, and I was getting high with a friend of mine and he was like, you ever listen to The Wall all the way through? And I'm like, no. And then he puts it on and I'm like, why do I know the fucking words to the song? Why do I know the words to this whole side of the album? And I realized because as you started going through music, I was just catching spillover. And that's why like my musical tastes are very eccentric. And I just remember a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, my, my musical tastes were pretty much heavy metal and hip hop. Like it was, it was, it was, and, and early, like I rap, like it run DMC, public enemy, NWA, big daddy Kane. Like those were (laughs) slick Rick. Okay. Do you remember Steve? I went, there was a few years ago when I was writing like that retrospective, it was like, think about 
all this stuff from like your history and it was like what is the first gift you remember getting from a girl and i remember it was fourth grade and mindy stazer gave me cool modi knowledge is king nice that's like the greatest and that's one of those i remember that's the first time a girl bought me a gift for christmas and it was it was a cool modi cassette tape from knowledge is king but like i also remember that i got in trouble for wearing a public enemy shirt to holy rosary <laughs> oh really? Like dress down day. Yeah, I wore it, I wore it under like a hoodie or what at the time was probably like a hooded denim shirt with like jam shorts, but I had just it just had the logo on the front of it and they said it it was it was a violent t-shirt. Oof. I would love me. to have one of those vintage. Yeah. Like I'm not like I I think if I dug through I could probably I, like I have a and I can't wear it which is the reason I still have it I have a vintage Anthrax I'm the Man T-shirt nice that I, I don't think it would fit Brody like, <laughs> like I got it from that that remember in the Mill Creek Mall there was a kiosk that had all of the like the band shirts. Steve, that that's the place that had the public enemy jersey that I always wanted. The mm, white with yep, the black, the, and it just had enemy across the front, uh, and then I think it had whatever, yep, 99 yep, on the back. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So I have that. I have my Judas Priest Turbo that you when you hold it up to the light, you can see through it. Um, I have that, and I might have a couple of Iron Maiden t-shirts that I had, but... See, I don't have, I don't have. Any I had really... a public enemy, but I think you ended up with it. Probably, that's probably the one I got in trouble for wearing yeah, it to, think, wearing it to I, our Catholic yeah. grade school. But Yo bum rush the show or something like that. Yeah, I don't have any old school like music T-shirts. My only prized possession of my or of my T-shirt collection that I've kept for I don't even remember when I got this T-shirt, but it has to be from grade school i would assume it's a george carlin t-shirt of him just making like a weird face and on the on the back it, all it says it it only hurts when i think and then <laughs> it doesn't fit anymore it's too small the neck's all kind of stretched out and destroyed and stuff but i can't bear myself to get rid of it just because it's a george carlin t-shirt who the hell has a george carlin t-shirt where are you gonna find one of those right. that's not from Urban Outfitters that's new. Right. Now, I do have a vintage long sleeve, black long sleeve Beastie Boys Check Your Head that has the Glennie Friedman picture on the front that I have the tattoo of and then it says Check Your Head on the back that I bought used from... So I spent $26 at a garage sale probably almost 30 years ago. There was a bunch of surf punks in North Carolina. I went to the North Carolina coast. Um for the weekend and I, I saw this flyer hanging in a coffee shop. It was like, Hey, like moving sale. And they listed some stuff. So I went and I bought a, I bought the check your head shirt for a dollar. Nice. And I bought the I, Ibanez Iceman guitar that I have to this day for $25. <laughs> I spent $26. And I both have, I have both those things, but I was wearing the check your head shirt. I think this was when I was coming back from uh, uh, Pittsburgh when we went to the football game, mm-hmm. like back in November, I think I was wearing that shirt and I had like a blazer on from work. Like like a dress blazer, and I had the check your head shirt, and the guy stopped me at the airport. He's like, "That's an awesome shirt." I was like, "Well, there you go." Yeah, I had. Anyways, that's probably my best vintage shirt that I still have. I mean, the Judas Priest one's cool, and the uh, Anthrax one is cool, but I had one. I can't fit into them. I had one of the Beastie Boys ABA T-shirts, the Ringers, 
the the old school, mm. the baby blue with the dark mm-hmm. blue ringer. Mm-hmm. That it's super hard to find now. I'm so pissed because I had it for so long. I bought it, I think, either my junior or senior year at high school, and I kept it all throughout college. And then we had a party at my apartment one night, and it was laying like on the foot of my bed, and someone was in my room and took it. So pissed, and now it's like you can't find. You can find like crappy replicas, but like mine was like the old school. It was a skate shirt, like so. It was that super soft, super comfortable, Mm -hmm. and now you can only find like the starchy replicas. But now they're like, if you actually want that particular one, you can find them on Etsy for like two hundred bucks. It's like eat a bag of. (laughs) I'm not paying two hundred bucks for a t-shirt that I owned. I love that that cost me fifteen bucks. Yeah, love that design though. All right, so I talked – so that Ludwig snare drum that I got in 19 – maybe 85 was hands down my best Christmas present. What yeah. what, we, what was your best Christmas present? So this is, I actually was thinking about how much – and now we've been rewatching. We got caught up on the Goldbergs and how much that yeah, – I am. I'm Adam from growing up. It's the G.I. Joe Hovercraft. Do you remember that giant mm-hmm. hunk of plastic mm-hmm. where you mm-hmm. could put you could put pretty much like all the trucks inside and like all the guys that you had inside yep. and it floated and like I just oh, remember yeah. that. and it took such a beating. I dude, I remember super gluing pieces back onto that thing just because I put it through the ringer. But like that was, I don't even remember how much that was at the time. But it's the equivalent of getting like a place or like a Nintendo switch or something. It was probably, no, like that a, was like the only one that was better than the hovercraft was that, what was the aircraft carrier, the enterprise or whatever, Yeah, whatever it was called. Yeah. But that but was that, like, nobody had that. No, Patrick, it, pa- our cousin Patrick might've had that because he got everything. I but, don't think so, Steve. I think I remember him being upset that I had the hovercraft. Like the hovercraft was like the second biggest thing you could buy like for GI Joe. Like he definitely had more toys and figures and stuff like that, but I remember like that was the shit. And I remember I got that and I remember asking for it not even thinking I would get it. And just be like, "No, nah, probably not." But probably between that and then when we got our Nintendo the original Nintendo was a fucking game changer for me, man. Yeah, like, but we used... bought that together. Did we? Yeah. We split it. Um, saved up money, whatever. We split it and we got Metal Gear. Metal Gear Solid or whatever it was. No, it was just straight up Metal Gear. Is that what it was? The original one. Yeah, look up the picture. It, it, the picture is based off of Michael Bine from... The USS Flag. The USS Flag with was two Gs. freaking... It was yeah. It was the <laughs> massive aircraft yeah. carrier that you could fit the helicopter, a couple of airplanes <laughs> on. Yeah. Like it was crazy. How much I didn't. Like, I didn't have that, but I remember I had the badass hovercraft, and I remember what it was. I think it was one of the what was Zartan and the dreadnoughts? Is that what it was? Oh my god! Yes, that the jeep. That jeep that they had that had like the gunnery. They had like the gunnery seat that came out of the side and had the big spare the tire on the It was back. called the. the the hovercraft was the whale. The whale. The W H A L E. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't remember, but it, I had the the second the vehicle that I always liked. The smaller one that I played with was Zartan and the Dreadnoughts. They're like ATV slash badass Jeep thing. It had like a, a gunnery seat that came out of the side. Yeah, yeah. We bought the Nintendo. I'm pretty sure we did. I don't remember that. 
That sounds like something I would do. You always talk about how nerdy kid I was. I probably would have saved up. No, I remember that. Like, because and I want like my room was already probably in the basement at that point, and probably. I was in the drums and docking and <laughs> <laughs> slaughter, yeah. whatever, whatever I could play on the drums, which started out with all the glam stuff. Um, oh, but sure. no, I remember that we got that. And it was like, fuck. like, and I, I still have an, I have an NES. Like I have a, almost every vintage game thing. We don't like hook them up often, but yeah, I sold like you had ours or whatever. And I went out, I found one at the yard sale. And this was years ago before they went way up in value. And I bought one mm-hmm. um, and it had like five games with it, like Blades of Steel, oh, so um, good. Mario, um, Excite Bike. Blades of Steel had a fighting mini game in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they, oh, and, and um, Double dr- was it double dribble? Double dribble. Where they had the glitch in the corner where if you did a double clutch, you would always hit the three-pointer where you're, yeah. like, falling out of bounds. Double dribble. Oh, so good. So good. And it only had, like, three or four dunk animations, and they were really, like, crudely animated. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you could you – could, your fadeaway is, like, you, you, you look the opposite way of the hoop. Like, yeah. you would jump – you jumped and aimed towards, your, like, the other basket, and you shot and would go backwards. So if you're going to talk about my, my favorite vintage basketball game, Steve, I go all the way back to uh, Dr. J and Bird, the one for... Uh, oh, that we had on the uh, Apple. Apple 2E. We, we, could, could, we could shatter you could, the, the you backboard. You could shatter the backboard yeah. in a really, really hilariously inappropriate racial stereotype. Asian janitor would come out and curse at you. <laughs> <He would> push, <laughs> push the glass back off. God, I, I never thought about game. it being, yeah, but you're right, yep. Yeah, it looked like Mickey Rooney, whatever he did, that terrible that terrible Asian impersonation for whatever that was. Yeah. yeah. But I love it. All right, game. so your best present, G.I. Joe Hovercraft. Probably. Hands down. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, hands down. You didn't really tell me that's what we were going to talk about, but I remember we were just watching we were watching Go- the Goldbergs, and he, they, I think he had it in the background. I was like, holy shit, that's the, did you have Joe Hovercraft? And everyone's like, what? Nothing, never mind. You already think yeah, I'm somebody super on nerdy. Twitter posted, somebody tw- on Twitter posted, like, hey, post your favorite. Oh, it, it was one of the, you know, I'm still hung up in Brown's Twitter. I'm, I'm like, it's, I can't, I can't oh. remove myself from the negativity of that. But Pumpkinhead, like, he's like, you know, the guy who dresses with, he's got the big yeah. pumpkin. He's kind of like a quasi-Cleveland yes. celebrity. They were like, hey, post your favorite um, gift that you got for Christmas. And he posted a picture of the USS flag. And I was like, <laughs> like rich kids. Like yeah. I found a picture of like the only picture I have of me opening a Christmas present is I'm wearing a blue bathrobe with red trim. This is House <laughs> on Wayne Street. And I'm holding up the Coleco brown baseball game. Nice. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like when you hit a home run, it was like, doop, doop. like it was like. It wasn't even eight bit. It was like no. a half a bit. I'm that was it. Sure. Is that that the was the one? crowning. That was like the crowning kid gift that we got on Wayne Street was the handheld video game. All right. So wait, dollar bet that that's the which one are you talking about? The baseball or football one? The one in the picture is the, the baseball one, but we had yeah, the, the white football one too. Okay, so dollar bet that the football one is what Peter Quill uses to track the alien at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy two. I think it's I think it's the football game, but it might be the baseball game. But it's that I think it's. Oh no, exact... it's the football. If it's anything, it's the football. I think so. 
I remember we, we watched it a few like a little bit ago and I was just I remember watching it and I was like, Holy shit, that's the actual game that we played growing up. Or the two sided one. I think that was the that's the football one, obviously. So you didn't need to be two sided to play baseball. Well, yeah you would. Was it side by side for baseball? No, that didn't make sense. Sorry. Are you looking of, it up? It, like you might I am looking it up. <laughs> All right. That's, well, you didn't say you take the bet either. Sorry. Then it auto-corrected and said pure quill. <laughs> I was like, what's it doing? Fan, fancy yeah. pens. Yeah, I can't. All right. All right. We'll, we'll have, to, we'll have yeah. to come back to that one. I don't th- We didn't really take a lot of... I mean, yeah, we did. A decent amount of pictures growing up, but not nearly the amount like people take now. No, and I just emailed you. I've got a couple of Christmas pictures that I, I'm going to send to you and... Uh, our sister. Well, that's one, one of the three of us in front of a Christmas tree, which is pretty good. One of me in that bathrobe on Wayne Street in front of the fireplace, <laughs> holding up the the baseball game. Yeah. Well, you have to see. So I took it. I'll send it to you. I left my phone upstairs, but I'll send it to you when I, uh, when I get back to my phone. So we took Brody on like one of these like holiday meet Santa vintage train ride things with like all of her cousins and like all of his cousins and stuff like that. And it was really fun. But at one point in time, like Santa was walking through and I was looking around and literally every parent had their phone out taking photos. And I just kind of looked around and I was, it was like me and Aaron's dad just kind of like glanced at each other. And I was like, how about anyone just put their phones away so we don't have to look at your terrible pictures of blurry kids. (laughs) But that's what growing up like that's there was sometimes people took like grandpa grandpa Harry took a lot of photos I guess and that's I still have his camera did I tell you that do you still have it his Pentax yeah, yeah. I got I have nice. it I, I went and got, I almost dropped it off at this one store to get it like refurbished and stuff and I was like eh I don't really trust this store and then, is like, it a K one thousand I can tell you it's a Pentax right it's right here hold on yeah I think so. I even have his old... I'm pulling it over. I still have the old, you know, the leather case that it was hanging up on the hook in the pool room? Oh, yeah. I still have it. He has some good lenses, didn't he? Yeah. No, yeah, he has a ton of ones. It is a... Holy shit. It doesn't even have a logo on it. Oh, no. It is... Yeah, it's a Pentax. M-E Super. But, yeah. It's beat up. It's beat all the hell. But yeah, I still have it, and it has still has that flash that I almost broke on a regular basis. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure there's all this other stuff in there. But, yeah. So we didn't really take that many photos. Like, so there's some, but now it's just every photo. Like you need every time he op- Birdie opens yeah. a present, every, there's like four people taking photos from like 15 different angles, and then like hold it up and smile. Yeah, that's well. Well, that's I was telling Charlie when we went to see Star Wars this past weekend that. You took one of the best pictures of him at mom and dad's house at Christmas with him holding the lightsaber. Yeah, you should. You need to send that to me, by the way, because or I have to get it off Facebook, which I don't spend a ton of time. No, I have. I, think. I have the raw. I have the actual. So you, you said you the force to... is strong with this one, but he's standing in front of mom and dad's Christmas tree. He's holding a blue lightsaber and it's lighting up his face. It's really good. Really good but shot. He's not in focus. The tree is, and I'm super pissed about it. It's not. It's not enough. Like it's. It's not distracting to probably you. Like you probably never noticed it before. But like it's because he's so close to the Christmas tree. Like I wanted right. to use the light from the Christmas tree and the blue of the lightsaber and stuff like that. But it, I notice, and it drives me 
friggin' crazy because I put the focus. Because, like, I was using, I use manual focus all the time. It just helps me control everything and it makes me feel like what I produce or the photos that I capture are my photos and not the cameras. You know what I mean? Like, I know that right. sounds petty yeah. and it sounds like a little bit cocky, but. It's so when I see photos like that, that I'm so happy that I captured, and then I look closely at them, I'm like, oh man, (laughs) you missed it. So, so speaking of, so a little bit of a transition. I don't want to go through like a top ten list of Christmas movies. There's so many freaking Christmas movies. The challenge I have right now is, it is Christmas Eve. We have one, and maybe we'll watch one tomorrow. Like we have one Christmas movie left to watch. We've only watched Elf and okay. The Grinch, the original Grinch, the Chuck Jones animated. Old school. This Grinch. was the yeah. 68 one. Is that what it was from? Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah, it's old. Love Chuck Jones. But anyways, so that that leaves like like right after this podcast, we're going to watch a movie. And what do you watch? Like what's your one Christmas and 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 how do you pick like so what wrapping presents today mine I watched a little bit of Christmas story which is a good one but I don't know yeah. if like I've seen that so many times but there's was, a lot to like about it it was cooler uh, before everybody became it I know that's so hipster and so like oh it was cool. I yeah. liked it before it was cool but when it was more about like it wasn't it wasn't as big and it, there wasn't 24 hour marathons on you had to figure it out or, or find it or buy it on VHS like before all that like now mm-hmm. I'm just kind of burnt out on it like I don't need to see it right. again although I did send you that Scott Farkas follows me on Twitter right that Zach Ward <laughs> you <laughs> Zach, did yeah yeah Zach Ward yeah. Zach Ward and he was awesome like one of my favorite sitcoms to this day is T- Titus Titus yeah. yeah and he was great in that um <laughs> So if – and I'll, I'll probably watch this later by myself when I'm smoking a cigar, which is going to sound totally weird. But Emmett Otter, nobody <laughs> else might – nobody else in my family likes Emmett Otter. No. No. I, I tried to put it on I don't. I think they have trouble with Muppets. Now, Maya is like Muppet Christmas Carol, which I think is one of the greatest renditions of the Christmas Carol. Easily. With Michael Caine as Scrooge, yeah. the Muppets. Like, it's just great. Like – I, I think that's probably where we'll land. We'll, I'll, I'll let you know what we do. But, um, you know, you got Rudolph and Frosty and, and It's yeah. a Wonderful Life, which I can't watch. I mean, I don't know that I've seen it the, full, the whole way through. But growing up in like, – or not growing up, but going to college in the town where Jimmy Stewart was from, yeah. they played that on rotation <laughs> from November – like from Thanksgiving through Christmas. They would just yeah. play it constantly. And you try to like, don't get me started on Jimmy Stewart. I Jimmy Stewart. Get, I don't want to get into Jimmy Stewart anymore. But like I don't – I don't really have any, dude. I haven't watched like a single Christmassy movie. Like even like when Brody sat down and like watched something, he didn't want to watch like a Christmas movie. Like we have Disney now, so we were blowing through. And it's Inside Out again. We watched Up. We watched all yeah, of those. I was like, I want to watch Wally. Yeah. I was like, I was like, what's the Christmas spirit in Wally? That's depressing. Sure, but it's good. It's better it good. than most of the Christmas crap that comes out. Yeah. So we're going to come down to Muppet Christmas Carol or Vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got to be uncensored vacation. You gotta oh, have, yeah, yeah. You, gotta you can't have, watch it on, you can't watch it on TV. When he goes, he goes on his rant about Danny fucking yeah. gay. Yeah. Holy shit. Where's the Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> so good. But, yeah, that that's probably 
I haven't watched Scrooge in a while. I haven't even had watched Vacation in a while. I don't have time. It's tricky. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember like like we would have to like when the kids were younger, like you know, they go to bed. Like I would, I would have particularly when Vince was living with us. Like we would go through the regiment, like Christmas Story, Vacation. Like I couldn't get to Christmas without having watched all those. Now it's like meh. Holiday baking champion. What now? Now it's we have everything at our fingertips now, so like we can choose whatever we want. Like the reason I watched Christmas Story so much growing up, or even Christmas Vacation to a certain extent growing up, is just because you watched what was on television. So like throughout the holiday season, that's pretty much all that they ran because there's not all that much Christmas themed movie. Without getting into whether Die Hard is a fucking Christmas movie because. Or Jaws Four, or Jaws Four. It's just because it so, takes place at that time of year. It's not making a Christmas movie. You would show it to but a Charlie five or six was, year old. Charlie was like Jaws Four. I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "It takes place at Christmas time." I was like, "Wow!" Like Jaws, he's really like he's really into Jaws. Like okay. almost worth- obsessive, which which is good. Like sure. He's learning from a master at like at the top of his game. Like that's if that's what he wants to be infatuated with when it comes to movie making. Steve, you're talking about Spielberg, like probably uh-huh. one of the most diverse and acclaimed directors that we'll ever see. Sure, by all means. Like I love like Steve <laughs> when I when I start. My son's name is Brody. Does that express? Uh, right. Yeah, we went through this. Yep. I just thought it was funny though when we were thrown out. He's like. Jaws four. I was like, "What? I don't think I've, I don't remember Jaws 4. That's the revenge. That's where this, it's after Jaws three D, where they tried to do the shark in three D. Yeah. All right, but dollar bet to you, you can't name a, you can't name the famous person that is in Jaws three D. There's basically one A list. I guess you might be B list now. Actor that was in it. Hmm. Uh. See, this is not so easy. Henry Winkler? No. No. Dennis Dennis Quaid. Dennis Dennis Quaid is the male lead in Jaws 3D. You know, he was an A-lister. Now he's, yeah, you're right. He's kind of like a B-lister. And Jaws Jaws 4, The Revenge, was Mario Van Peebles and Michael Caine. (laughs) When the the shark went to go have revenge for family killing his brother apparently because yeah fish. he they traveled like 2,000 miles to do revenge yeah. or something like he for went revenge because yeah. that's that's what fish feel is revenge of course. right right it's right up there with empathy all right so four but yeah like don't don't, don't tell me that die hard it's just because it takes place technically kiss kiss bang bang takes place at christmas time right. is that yeah, yeah. A christmas no, we went to this like beautiful uh beautiful girls which i yeah. like to watch at this time of year it's not sure. technically a christmas movie it happens no. that time of year but it has to be no, if you least... want if you want the spirit of christmas the spirit of giving the spirit of family like vacations okay like, i mean i like vacation it's not that i don't like it and we'll probably yeah. watch it it's it's funny um the second funniest of the vacation movies Behind the original? Yeah, yeah. Oh, easily. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, man. I have a soft spot for the what European about Charlie vac- Brown? European vacation. What about Charlie Brown? I don't like... Dude, I've never dug... Like, we were talking about this earlier because someone... There's an excellent trivia pursuit question that nobody in the entire room... What did... What nobody in the entire room knew? What did Charlie Brown's dad do for a living? <laughs> 
right? It's no idea. Fifty years, Steve. We've been watching the the special and watching Charlie Brown stuff for however long, thirty, forty years. Was it? I had no. I uh, yeah. Apparently, what's what's the answer? Numerous times. He's a barber. Hmm. Never. It's funny that Charlie Brown has three hairs. has, Has three hairs. But his his father was a barber. Apparently, it's been mentioned numerous times in various specials. I had <laughs> no idea. Like I, I had no, like, so I had no idea. Someone turned and looked at me and was like, "Yeah, you're clearly going to know this." And I was like, "No, I don't have a clue." But then the next question I get for the same category, where it was like arts and literature, it was like these. This comic strip was originally published in a newspaper but then was added to the collections of stories called like scientific progress goes boink and homicidal jungle cat and i was like yeah it's calvin and hobbs i was like do you want me to read them off in in chronological order of what chronological they order, right and they're like no no we, we got it <laughs> but all right so you pick one right you're gonna watch a movie right now before you go to sleep what are you watching uh, it chapter two. No, no, Christmas I'm not. Movie. I'm not picking a Christmas movie. Why do I have to pick a Christmas movie? There's I don't know, no. You, good can, you can only Christmas. really watch them this time of year. You can't Why? pull out. You can't pull out Rudolph in July and be like, I don't want to watch Rudolph. Because I don't want to watch Rudolph. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to watch Rudolph. I don't have that soft spot for like maybe the the Frosty the Snowman one, but even Nester. that's dated and old. Nestor Nestor never rocked me like it did, you big softy. Tragic. Emmett Otter. Emmett Otter has moments that that kind of give me a little bit. That's just that's nostalgia. Like that's that's nostalgia mixed with. I I do think it's a very very solid, solid little film. But I don't know. Like why? There's so much stuff out there that you can watch. Why watch? Like. A crappy Christmas movie just because it corresponds with the season? Eh. All right. Hard pass. Put some Christmas right. music. That's fair. Watch, I think that's play a, a play a board that, game. Get into a good old fashioned argument about something. That's uh, that mm. feels like the holidays. <laughs> you want to talk politics? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether Jaws four is a Christmas movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we'll do that. <laughs> sure. Adds add right. some bourbon in. People falling asleep on couches. <laughs> <laughs> So, and because Brody won't listen to the podcast, what's what's Brody's big thing that he's getting for Christmas tomorrow? He got a Switch. Mm. He got a Nintendo Switch with three games. And then, well, his birthday is in like a couple weeks after that, too. And we were going to Disney. So that's what we're surprising him for his birthday. So the Switch apparently was the lighter of the two. I was like, all right, if we're taking him to Disney for friggin' nine, ten days, like, why don't we just cut back on Christmas? And Aaron just looks at me and she goes, no. And I was like, okay, <laughs> fair enough. And she was like, well, he keeps asking about a Nintendo Switch. And I was like, you realize it's like a $300 gaming console. And she was like, I did not. And I was like, you remember, I've been asking you for a PlayStation, PlayStation 4 with VR for... I don't know, three years now? And she goes, well, how much is that? I was like, I don't know, 400 bucks? And she goes, well, let's just get the Switch. I was like, oh. <laughs> so, okay. Funny thing. I'm gonna get, yes. yeah. Charlie's getting a Switch. Nice. And it was more because, like, it was tricky because we already have an Xbox One X, right? I'm not getting my PlayStation 4. Like, we don't need to, like, the, the uniqueness to the... For other than the VR is, you know, you can play Call of Duty on it. You can play, 
Yeah. If you already have Xbox, like, there's nothing really. Unless you're talking right. about exclusive titles, but, like. There's a handful. Yes. Right. So, but I thought the Switch was cool because, like, for me, like, if you're going to play multiplayer as a family, like, there is no f- more fun games than, like, Super Smash Brothers Mario and Mario Kart. Kart. Mario like, Kart. We got the like you, can, you don't not have to be a gamer to like enjoy. Like I'm just going to race around and like yeah. hit this person and win. So, dude, like Brody's four going to be five and beat me legitimately once. Like it, that's so much fun to watch him get so excited. Like got up and like kind of pushed me a little bit. Was like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like whoa. But so, and is he get? Did you get the one from Costco where it has a twelve month subscription to the family to the online? No, I don't think so. Because if you get the subscription to the online, it has like all the like not all, but it has a ton of the old NES games. I'll have to look. No, yeah. I don't. I don't think so. We got it. We got the package with like extra controllers and the steering wheel. It was like some kind of bulk thing that we got oh, wow. for a discount. But so we got Mario Kart and we got. Mario Party and mm-hmm. Super and Super Smash Brothers, but I am personally going to buy one called the Untitled Goose Game. Have you seen this, Steve? Apparently, no, no. It, Charlie's it, getting Wolfenstein. Yeah, no, but Steve, just take a look at this. It, I think this is legitimately what it's called. It's called Untitled Goose Game, and the game is your goose, and you have to annoy humans. That's the only thing that you do, and it's supposed to be awesome. It's supposed to be one of the most addicting <laughs> games that you could ever game play. Game of the Steve. year type of thing? Yes, Steve. Like, rated like a 4.9 out of 5 on like a ton of different websites. Like, made made all of these end of year lists and stuff. And, and it's it, for the Switch? Yeah. It's an independent game that just kind of caught fire. And like, just became like this culture for not. And it, it's not, I don't think it's like the same price as like a $50, you know, Mario Kart. I think it's like 10 bucks. 20 bucks maybe but like nice. everybody i was just because i asked people like all right i'm getting a switch is there any kind of adult games that i can get for me to play when you know when they go to bed and they were like well this could be for both of you but you just get untitled goose game and apparently they're making like a sequel and stuff so get that <laughs> get that and let me know and let me know what you think all right yeah so that's all i got i'm not getting anything else he's got he gets like goofy t-shirts and we got a, we bought him some Star Wars T-shirts for Disney. Nice, yeah, yeah. And when are you going to see tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to see the movie tomorrow. Yeah, we're going at like three, just to get a get a break from the ladies. Let the ladies go and oh, you some... and you and your father-in-law are going. Yeah, me and Ray are going. I was oh, just gonna nice. go by myself, and he was like, "I'll go." And I was like, "Really?" He was like, "Yeah." Man, I feel like <laughs> we need to do like a special thirty-minute follow-up pod to talk about it. After sure. you see it, but we'll we'll see. It was I took Charlie. Maya uh, had Maya had a work. <laughs> She's got a job now. So oh, what is she doing? Well, she she works. You know, she does crew for for school. Right? She works like when they do their plays. But right. when they rent out the performing arts center, they need people to work the lights and everything. No, that's cool. And it, and it pays like twenty bucks an hour. Yeah, she worked like sixteen hours. She worked like I don't know four hours on Friday and. 12 hours yesterday or on Saturday. 
and she made like 300 bucks. Yeah. A specified skill in the performing arts is definitely, it's a trade. The learning how to run those big boards is, is a complicated thing. And if she's getting. No, she was doing the, um, the, whatever they like to run on the catwalk and make the, yeah. the scenes go up and down, like with the pulleys. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. I mean, well, I'm down. Can't no complain follow. that she's got a job and she couldn't go see Star Wars, but I bought four <laughs> tickets and I was like, what do you mean you can't go see Star Wars? <laughs> do I, should I, or do I need to rewatch Last Jedi? Ooh. I should have, but no. I heard they just kind of shook their hands of that. They were like, nah, we're not going to pay attention to that one. That's just kind of that. That was somebody else. Whatever. Yeah. I'm sure I'll like it. And then people will tell me how I'm stupid because I liked it. And then I'll tell them there were certain things that I didn't agree with. And I'm sure they'll tell me I'm stupid because I didn't agree with them. So, uh, Yeah, we should do a it. whole – I would love to do a whole Star Wars episode because – Charlie right now is big on stuff that is in and out of canon. Sure. So what is what is in the mm-hmm. Star Wars universe and because there's a ton of books, there's a ton of like the story arcs go yeah, like Mandalorian, like there there's so much they can go with it. Yeah. What what I, my thing and no spoilers or anything, my thing when I walked away from the movie was like it that I'm glad that's done. Like I'm glad that piece of the story is over. There's so much other cool shit to explore. Yeah. I don't need to hear the name Skywalker anymore. Or at least not for a while. I don't right. care. I don't, they don't want to. Like, yeah. But even, like, the original movies had its flaws. Like, the original trilogy had its flaws. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't tell me that all of this stuff was played out in advance. Lucas had no idea. He had some <laughs> right, idea. Right, right. I mean, he had, one, he had one movie. Yeah. Yeah. He turned it into yeah, now they're talking about, like, this is the ninth movie and, like, blah, blah, blah. Nah, whatever. Just go right. make good movies. I don't care if it falls into the canon of it. Like, just go out and make stories. Yeah, make, tell have, stories. That's well, why I like Man- Mandalorian. I really enjoyed this I, most previous, this most recent episode. I really, really, really liked. After two relatively unimpressive episodes for me, last, last the most recent episode was fantastic. So that episode came out on Thursday, yeah. right? Because it came out because they didn't want to release it on Friday because the movie was coming out. Charlie came home from school. So we've been watching every episode together as a family, all four of us. We watch mm-hmm. it like on Friday nights. He came home on Thursday or whatever after school. Didn't tell anybody. He watched it. Nice. I, and I was like, that. I was like, dude, like, <laughs> what are you doing? How could maybe he did it on Friday because it came out Thursday? I don't remember. It came he out watched Wednesday. It. No, so I think it came out Wednesday. Yeah, late Wednesday, early Thursday. Because yeah. he went to school and people were talking about it. He's like, ah, so he went home and he watched it, and then everybody went to bed, and I went outside and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I woke up, and he's like, you did what? I was like, well, Charlie's already seen it, so I might as well watch it. He's like, it's so good, so I, I watched it again. Yeah, like with, that's what I mean. Like, if it's good enough, watch it again. If not, just sit there while they watch it and it was, play on your it phone. Was, it was really good, but it was like we were, get, oh, we were yeah. all giving Charlie shit. Like, ah, can you watch that? Like, <laughs> you didn't even ask. You just went and watched it. He's like, I couldn't. People were like, spoilers at school. And I was like, okay, fine. And then I was like, everybody went to bed. I was like, hmm. Just, <laughs> Moral dilemma. I'm going to go watch it. Can we just talk about how friggin' awesome Werner Herzog is, please? Just for like... You know, the last five seconds of the podcast, can we just talk about his speech about chaos and darkness and about every system prosper or gaining prosperity under our rule? And he just does this whole speech. It's so good. And I love that man. 
And then Gus comes out and kills him. You just said spoiler alert. You're not going to get into spoilers. And you just, you know, hey, by the way. Her, not about her, the Mandalorian. I was going to not get into it about the uh, the movie. The movie. Oh, but yeah, enough. Mandalorian. Warner Herzog, you know, died. That sucked. I wasn't happy about that. But that speech he gave before that was awesome. No, and it was awesome. When, and then you, go, like, you when see. Gus Frigg showed up and he's just like, I don't care about you or your family or anybody you're <laughs> with. I just want that thing. Grand Moff whatever. What was his name? Grand Moff, Moff something. Moff wasn't Gideon. Talking. He wasn't a Grand Moff. He's a, it was just Moff Gideon. Oh, really? He wasn't Grand yeah. Moff? Not like Grand no. Moff Tarkin? There's not. Like, that's what I mean, Steve. Like Grand Moff Tarkin's like, there's one Grand Moff. There's a bunch of Moffs. There's only there's only like one grand moth. Like that's I I used to know the whole hierarchy of the empire. (laughs) One of the things that we're gonna have to come up with here on the podcast is Emerald City Comic Con, which is coming up in March. Okay. We we're all four of us are going this year. Now Maya's probably gonna go with her friends separately than maybe Charlie and I. Sure. I have gone the last two years. This will be my third. I've never dressed up. But I feel the need to go dress up. I, I feel the need to cosplay, and it would have to be Star Wars. Okay, let's go get a big Jedi robe and cover up your now, head, and your face. You already have one. Charlie wore a Jedi robe to the movie. <laughs> We're walking around the super uppity mall in Bellevue, and Charlie and Charlie wanted to wear his Jedi robe, which was like eight sizes too small it literally didn't come past his elbow <laughs> I was like dude you look yeah. like you are luke skywalker wearing yoda's robe like so janine has one that she's had for years charlie put it on fit him perfect nice. so we're walking around and he's full full i'll send you a picture of it. it's pretty awesome he was full attire with the uh with the rope no i wanted to do like here's my thought right now where it is you haven't seen the movie uh Speeder bike stormtrooper. Okay. Yeah, you could do that. I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, currently looking at the Mandalorian replica helmet for 40 bucks. Mm. So you could go as the Mandalorian. But what about speeder bike stormtrooper? Sure. How, how expensive do you think that's going to be? I don't know. You used to be able to, like, and this was years ago, you'd buy Stormtrooper costumes that were made out of plastic and, for, like, all that, and you just put on black spandex underneath, and they were, like, 400 bucks. Yeah, that's what you're looking at right now. 400 bucks. You're going to spend $400 on something you're going to wear once. It's a Stormtrooper costume. What else are you going to spend $400 on? Something better than that. I would spend $40 <laughs> on a Mandalorian helmet and just say, I'm bringing Boba Fett, and then... That's nuts. I always wanted a stormtrooper or costume, but I came really close to one time we went to Disney. Right when I what was I fifteen? The one time we went down, the one of us. Oh my god! I remember that there was a battle. Like we wanted to buy the helmets. Mm -hmm. Like we're not buying it. It's not even two hundred dollars on a helmet. Like we wanted the helmet. Like that helmet now is probably worth two thousand dollars. I had saved up like five hundred bucks because I wanted to buy the entire thing. And Dad yeah. said he originally said he was going to pay for the other whatever the remaining was because at that point yeah. in time it was like six hundred, seven hundred bucks. And then at the, when we got there, he told me no. And I remember I had yeah. a full on fucking meltdown. I was like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> I remember that. Oh Fuck yeah, this. I was coming out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard pass. All right, so we should wrap up the Christmas episode of Matchwits 
And this will be the second to last episode of season seven, right? Uh, my thought would be next week we will do a greatest hits. Sure. If you're down that, for it. I don't know what that means, but sure. Well, greatest hits of what? Of ours? Yeah, we'll go back. <laughs> we'll go back through season six, season seven. Sure. Kind of play out 2019 in a, in a in a greatest hits fashion. Or we'll just get on and talk about whatever shit. Anyways. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at MatchWits. Uh, go to our website, MatchWits.com. You can follow Chris independently at uh, <laughs> what uh, Acquired yep. Wit. Acquired Wit. Yes. Two T's. Yes. A-C-Q. Yeah. Acquired Wit. And queried. All right. Anything else to add? No. That's all I got. I bid you adieu. All right. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Beat you to the punch. See you, brother. Later.